Hey everyone, I'm Wa. And I'm Chris, and welcome to Docu Sweeties. We're two longtime friends to discuss the riveting and sometimes trashy world of reality TV and docu-series. Yes, and through our lens, which can be spicy, can be salty, can be bitter, can be, well, many things. But at the end of the day, hopefully, slightly sweet. Yay! Today we'll be talking about 90 Day Fiance. We are happily ever after, or are we? Mm-hmm, more to come. This is season seven and episode six, Out of My System. Honey, I got to get that man out of my system. I got to, you know, drop it, you know. I got to wash that man right out of my hair. I got to wash that man right out of my hair. I'm going to do a little, like my little harmony. South Pacific. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to jump right into this without further ado. This is near and dear to my heart. If you guys know, we're going to talk about Shida and Bilal. The topic of discussion for them this episode is near and dear to my heart but first we are going to talk about the fact that this woman was aggressively brushing her teeth to the point where the dentist told her that she is brushing off her natural enamel let me tell you i had a friend who actually did this and her teeth were yellow because she had brushed off her enamel and you know we were all stressed out as late 90s early aughts teenagers and yeah, you don't get your enamel back. Once it's gone, it's gone. And like your eyebrow effort- hair? Huh? Like your eyebrow hairs? Yeah. Once you pluck that to the end of the earth, you don't get it back. So she says that she stopped aggressively brushing her teeth. And she's now aggressively brushing her tongue. She doesn't want to see any film on that tongue because it makes her think of halitosis. And she doesn't want that at all. Yep. So after she has this aggressive tongue brushing segment well she could also use a tongue scraper i have two i have a travel one and i have one that lives in my cabinet and they're great she talks to her friend uterus it's a bff who's in london and this sounds like a name that sounds like uterus which you know i actually thought they were saying beatrice until i saw it on the tv screen until i I have closed closed captioned on so i saw it i was like oh never heard that name Mm mm-hmm so she talks to Uterus and Uterus is talking about having kids and, you know, what their future holds. And Shida gathers the spit in her mouth to say that she is giving him the benefit of the doubt that she wants to have kids. And at this point, I'm just I can't be on Shida's side because I'm like, oh, now you you do understand that this man is in limbo. And you've still chosen to move forward with him. So whatever outcome happens is a choice that you've made. We can't say that he's doing it to you because you didn't get solidified responses before you married him. Go, Chris. Like, besides the fact that he is domineering and lectures her and, like, parents her and is controlling or whatever, like... She would take all of that, but it's like the fact that he won't give her a child is really like the hardest one for her to take. You know, I feel like this would be a completely different story if he was like into having a kid with her like right away, you know, like, and I feel like for her, she would say, or maybe like me, it's like, it's not that I want to have a kid right away. It's just that we, if we want to have a kid, we have to have a kid right away. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's not the, what I want. It's not like I'm like, what I've always wanted is that the minute I get married to just get, have be with seed so I can like start things. I don't think she's like chance of chance and Taylor that way. You know, I think that she's just kind of like, I love and love it or lock up. That's like crossbreed. But like, I think she's like, I'm 37. She keeps saying it. It was very mildly Irish again. I can't do that. 37. 30, you know, 30, 30. I'm 37. No, that's Irish. I'm 37. No, turty. I'm no, I can't do it. Anyway, so but that's what he is. Okay, I tried so many times. I have been and, seven years. 
I said that great. I don't know quite sure. So but anyway, so yeah, so she is like, I need to, ha- I want to have a kid. You're my husband. I want to have a kid. And like, we just don't have the time or whatever. And I think that she wanted to come to this fertility clinic to get all her like measurements done. And like, if she, where's her, where's her health at or whatever. So she gets there, they have a doctor, the doctor, you know, has had a facelift, like many a facelift, you know, he looks oh. like, always looks surprised. Like he looks like he's seen many a vagina. Like he's just constantly, he looks like he's just like, <laughs> You know, like it's a lot of like he's seen so much, you know, like he's been a war that man. So Doc asks, you know, like her to talk about some of her, you know, period stuff. And she's like, yeah, I have my menstruation every 21 days on the dot. He's like, I'm sorry, do you say 28? She's like, nope, 21 days. He's like, no, I just want to see if it's a language thing. I'm saying, you say 28? Like, you know how you say 31, 37? Like, are you saying... 28? It's like, no, I'm saying 21. <laughs> for, some wow. for some reason, this woman thinks that 21 days ovulation is normal. I mean, listen, she's somebody who's probably below her, her weight. Not to say, not to shame anybody who's skinny naturally. Um, I just saw a video of her um, on Instagram uh, doing like a spread eagle against her garage door. And I said, oh, I'm so happy for you. So so basically she goes to this doctor to, after she has a conversation with her friend, to basically try to like convince Bilal that they need to do it sooner than later. And when she tells him that she has a 21-day cycle, he's like, um, but ovulation happens on 14th day. And if you're not giving it enough time to happen, then like maybe that window is, is closed. So what we're going to do is we're going to run some tests on you to better, to better understand like what is going on in your body. And he says to her, her and Bilal, like, you know, what do you guys want? And obviously they have a difference of opinions of what they want. So the doctor, instead of doing what he should do, which is be like, listen, here's the cold, hard facts. You brought in a 37-year-old geriatric pregnancy woman right now, and you're talking about having kids in two to three years? No. Okay? You all need to have kids ASAP. And if you don't know that you want to have kids ASAP, you need to talk about it. So go on ahead and leave my office. I'm taking some blood from her. I'll give you the results, and then you make a choice, and you come back when you're actually ready. He doesn't say that. He tries to be, like, magnanimous. He tries to, you know, put himself in a position to get some um, future clients by being, you know, kind of he's like well make a list of pros and cons you know and we're like okay you know it's like real. no they don't you don't make a list of pros and cons at 37 chris here's what here's here's what list you make whether or not to wait three years and get a surrogate or to not wait three years and start trying that's that's the list you're not wrong okay you're not wrong so (laughs) that's the list uh, yeah basically after that conversation bilal is like really trying to get out of it so he's like well it sounds like the doctor wants us to wait (laughs) which is better for you because one thing that can happen if you you know and you just came and moved to a brand new country and you just got married is with a postpartum and i've seen it and i've experienced it like no one has seen or experienced anything my name is Bilal, and let me tell you what i've seen which is postpartum depression and honey when that happens to you shy owen it will you won't know what hit you All this says to me is that this man is not a well-rounded enough individual to truly support his partner through whatever happens. He's like, I don't want her to go through postpartum or you're going to go through postpartum. This man truly blames the downfall of him and Shahida on his children. And I 100% believe that he's not over Shahida and he's not over, maybe not necessarily over her as a human, but over her as his ideal of a wife situation. Mm-hmm. He's not over the fact that it didn't work. And he blames every instance but himself and his imam overbearing, not a partner behavior. This woman got on national television and told him and the world that the reason, the main reason why she broke up with him is because she wanted a partner and she got an imam. She didn't get somebody who was there to support her and their marriage. Somebody who is unable to, at the time, to put aside his, I have to be the head of the household and be level-headed and just be this woman's partner and meet her where she's at and love her for 
for as disorganized as she is. Love her for not having the cleanest house. Love Shida for putting pins in the cushion. Like he's just, he's too rigid. And so he says that he thinks is a thousand percent strange that they're at a fertility clinic. You have a, I mean, this is crazy to me that there are men out there and it's because men truly feel like they have all the time in the world. I mean, they do. The truth is they do. And so when, when someone tells them that a woman doesn't have all the time in the world, they will pick out every 42 to 45 year old woman they know who've had a kid later on in life and think that that is normal. When the truth is, is that it may not be normal. And that somebody like me, who is not even 40, who started her fertility journey at 37, I like couldn't even get a viable embryo. And so I know what it feels like to go through this, go through this thing, knowing that biologically something is amiss or isn't where it should be. But truly thinking that like, oh, no, but it, I mean, you, I haven't done anything. I haven't had wild sex out in the streets. I haven't had syphilis. I haven't done anything that would even make my ovarian reserve diminish. So like, why is it showing that it is diminished? And if I go through this process, at least I will have a baby. The truth is, no, it doesn't happen. And it's, it's a very hard pill to swallow. And it leads to months and months of like low grade depression. So I'm 100% on Shida's side when it comes to this. And I think that he is being very ignorant and woefully and and willfully so when it comes to her fertility issues. Oh, yeah. I don't know I, that I'm going to be able to try in, again in the future. Like I've given up for IVF. Unless I can have a surrogate, there's no way I'm going to be able to have kids because of what's going on with me. And I think that he is being very rude <laughs> with what it is that he wants i mean rude to her so chris i agree with you Wah. and the thing is he wants to be the one that knows all things like the imam he wants to be the father of the house he wants to have the final and best word on everything but what thing that he won't ever have the final and best word on is a woman's health a woman's frame of mind a woman's physicality and like he it is very hard for him to relinquish that control and so we see someone who can't see past the end of his nose in this situation and it is really really hard basically you know she she should absolutely leave him but she's not going to i am going to move on Want anything else about them you want to say no i think the doctor was very clear about where she's at and the fact that she's geriatric geriatric in her pregnancy and he is just so much like well only Allah will choose. And I'm like, no, no, biologically is biological is biological. Give that baby a woman if she wants to sooner than later. Okay, we can move on. Give that baby a woman. Give that woman a baby, honey. And give oh. that baby Shida a, a woman baby. I don't know. Okay, so moving things. on to Soldier Boy and Kim, honey. Okay, they've been up and down it's been a roller coaster and now it's soja boy's birthday and so they roll up on this club that's in the bluest of black lights honey like it's you know like it's a, not a lot of uh, lighting that is happening in this club let me tell you there's, there's no candlelight it's like blue and black lighting so and, he's and, like, apparently, and it's great that the black women are i mean black people are actually lit well you know because a lot of times these these production companies do us dirty go ahead oh yeah no true He's like, my friends are here, you know, beeswax, you know, Beza man, you know, like everyone has such a crazy ass name, you know? Yeah, we don't know them. We only know the other people from the last adventure, which I can't remember their names, but it definitely wasn't beeswax and Beza man. But first we have a scene where he is getting ready and he's got a little bit of a, like, he, uh, I'm not into, I'm not into him shirtless. Oh, either am I, either am I. I'm just, I'm not into it. And I don't want to body shame because I have a bit of a panza as well. But there's just like, I I guess I'm just spoiled with seeing thinner men look a certain way. And I'm always like shocked because it just feels like he has like a a hidden bad body. <laughs> That's terrible. I'm going to move on. Let's move on. Okay. So listen, at the party, you know, Kim's there and she wants to apologize to Soja Boy's friend that was there the last night that uh, tried to tell her about how wives work. And she just like, you know, threw the milk in his face, whatever, water in Soja Boy's face. So she's like, hi, can we have a conversation? You know, like, it's just interesting because it's 
I don't think that some of these American women like get how aggressive they can be. Like, I don't know. Like in my mind, I was like, should you ask Soja Boy if he can get his friend to come talk to you as opposed to being like, hi, hi, can we go talk? Like, it's just such an aggressive thing. Like you, you would do after a situation like that. I'd be like, no, after watching you, no, and I can't talk, you know, like, no, I can't talk to you alone privately over here. Like I'd rather not. So, but it's just interesting. And then we get Soulja Boy's PR manager slash friend, Kim. Oh, Allie. Allie. And so Allie's gorgeous. And like, we can get a little more of this lighting, you know, of like, it's like a blue and black lighting. And they have an off to the side convo where Kim Bali is like, I just want to know who's around you and get to see everyone up close in front of my two eyes. I just don't get it, Chris. Like, what what is this obsessive thing that women feel it's necessary to know all of their male counterparts female friends why was that necessary she's like oh i'm not jealous of her beauty i'm jealous of her age no kim you're jealous of this woman's beauty you're jealous of this woman's beauty like don't come and try to pretend like it's anything more than that like he is surrounded by beautiful African women who are the same culture, people who understand him 100%. And you're over here trying to fight him about a second wife. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It is, it is, it is, it is, it is, it is sad as actually what it is. It's sad to watch her want to get to know Allie. In fact, the better thing would be like, Oh, just getting to know everybody equally. But the fact that she's like, oh, he didn't tell me he was going to invite a woman. So I just want to I want to get to know you. And then Allie has to be in the awkward position where she has to explain to Kim that there's nothing romantic going on and that Kim doesn't need to be worried. And then Allie's like the last episode where we had with him and be baby girl Lisa, where the African women come out and be like, it's really suspect that he's with this older white woman. This is the second time Soldier Boy's storyline has included African uh, an African woman who has said that it's clear that he's using this woman. Yes, absolutely. Also, it's interesting because a lot of people this episode also reiterate the fact that Soldier Boy is so famous that he can get anyone all the time. Like women are just always throwing themselves at him, and he just like really has like his pick, you know. But like here, here, here we are. Which I'm like. Why are we here? If that is true, if a if you're saying a is so true, then why b? Yeah, if, I mean, I, I just, mean, is he like how famous do you think Soja Boy is? Is is Soja Boy as famous as Usher? He has no bodyguards, so no. Is he as famous as who's like a who is like a an entertainer that can go out in public and not be swarmed by women? No I one knows. Okay, but you know how like would you get would you swarm Tanashe Tanashi that person? I thought that was a girl. It is. Oh, no. Right. So the male Tanashi. Okay. Because it's like I don't know who that person is. You can tell me that it's Tanashe, and I'd be like, oh yeah, like because I know like she did like once did a song with Britney Spears. I know that she's done some other songs. Like I know she has like one good song by herself. At least that one I would know. But I can't tell you what it is. Like in this moment, I can't sing it for you, and I could sing everything all the time. So like he goes to show you something specifically, which is how much I don't know this person. And if I was like pushed up in an elevator with her and she looked at me, I wouldn't be like Tanashi. I'd be like, uh, level two, you know? And can you push it for me? You know, like. What is that person who is married to that basketball player? It's a black woman. She did like a song with Monica? Kanye West. Huh? Oh. Tiana Taylor. Yeah. 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 No, I know what Tiana looks like from top to bottom. She's, I've studied her. Okay. I mean, I just don't know. The truth is I don't know. Like it's, I just don't know what level. It's almost like he's just like social media famous. Like he's somebody who, who like the, uh, yeah. a certain group of people would know who he is, but not if he were to have a meet and greet, there would be a storm. But if he's not having a meet and greet, then like nobody really knows who he is, you know? God, we really, you know, we honestly need like Michael to give us the goods, but Michael's real busy. So Ugh. 
basically the listen the birthday dinner goes off without any sort of drama which is nice you know and that makes soja boy feel good about the fact that kim is there in about to go to sokoto to meet his family and before they before they go to sokoto though uh they decide to have one last sort of romantic dinner date situation where of course they're going to have a adult, a very mild-mannered conversation about the whole second wife thing well so yeah they tried it she's like okay i've written down my questions because this is important for me so i need you to pay attention so really tell me about the second wife what is it also tell me what it is but let me tell you what it isn't you're not going to pick somebody from america and he's like wait a minute what are you talking about like you know i need to have kids so i'm going to pick somebody from wherever australia indonesia like it doesn't matter i'm gonna pick somebody and she's like no 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 you led me to believe that this needed to be somebody from your culture and it was somebody that I wasn't going to have to deal with. So I think that you should honor that. And he's like, listen, there are millions of women who want to be with me, but I have chosen you. And then she does the thing that I didn't expect her to do. And I said, brava, when she's like, you chose me because you love me, not because I'm some kind of super fan who won the lottery, right? Like, you know, it's because you love me. He's like, yeah, I love you. But I chose you there. I could be with anybody. And here you are trying to come at me with your demands. Like, no, if any woman who can have me children from anywhere in the world. And she's like, oh, wait, 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 I'm sorry, but you can't go anywhere in the world. So, like, what do you mean? <gasps> I know that part. And I said, <laughs> your fucking mate, bitch. Yeah. She fully was like, listen, I know that I'm this old hag with bags and like flabby skin and a round body and losing my hair and dying it black and like ugly nails and like no heels and like bow legged and pigeon toed. Like I know I'm all those things, but wow. what I, what I also am is an American citizen. And so like, I can go anywhere. You cannot go anywhere. So who in Australia are you going to marry exactly? Oh, right. So what you're saying is that you chose me because you love me, not because you're some prize that I won in some lottery. And I said, check fucking mate. She better tell that man what the fuck is up. And he needs to be honest about true his true position. Like, I think in his mind, he feels like Kimbali, you are on 90 Day Fiance because of me. And the truth is, is like, yes, Soldier Boy, you're right. Who else has done this in the 90 Day Fiance world? Who else has been the foreigner who has come back with another American? He's like, listen to me, Pedusas. I will find me another American woman so that I can be more famous, the most famous woman, man in the world. The truth is, is that Soja Boy will never be as famous as Michael Jackson. He's already too late. Michael Jackson was more famous than him when he was five. Yeah. Or seven or whatever the hell is. So like the truth is, is that Soja Boy will never be as famous as Michael Jackson. And the most fame he is going to get is in Nigeria. Like even the vast majority of Americans have no idea who he is and his music isn't good enough to even come on our radar when we have like David O and certain Nigerian artists, Thames and other African artists who are doing really well in the US, but barely. So you, 90 Day Fiance fan, are not gonna do anything, Chris. Unless he just goes around and dates every aunt, every mima, every 55 plus woman in America, and then gets all of them to stream all of his music because that's the only way. Yeah, no, he very much just wanted to be like, I'll tell you what I do for you. I am with you and I'm my age and you are your age. Like he tried to be like that a little bit. So it was, it was interesting that she talked back. Yeah, and but I love it. She drew her line in the sand, the sand being America, where she's from, and his second wife cannot be. But she, but uh, he was like, you can't tell me what to do. She's like, no, you don't get this. It's like a deal breaker. So we don't know about Sokoto, honey. You know, like we could be saying Sokono, you know? Sokoto. We could definitely mm -hmm. be saying Sokono. So, I mean, we know that she does go to Sokoto. We know because we saw like video of it of her petting a goat or whatever. <laughs> I just think that she needs to... I just, I'm not interested in her storyline as much unless she's being like absolutely crazy. But let's move on. Our next couple that we are going to talk about are Jovi, Yara, in where, in which we have like some like 
I don't know. What did you, they had, okay, let me just skip over this. They had their freaking green card thing. They got a lawyer with Ray-Bans on who is telling them that they're good to go and that they got their uh, interview two and a half or two in like two months into her tenure in the U.S. And so therefore she got a 10-year one. And she's happy because she's like, I'm going to, I'm as soon as that thing comes in the mail, I'm booking my flight and I'm leaving. And Jovi's like, oh, no, don't leave without me. But guess what? You want to go hang out with your friends? I'm going to come too. And so then we get a meeting with him and her friends, Chris. Yeah, like basically it was supposed to be, it was a little confusing because it was like, if you knew you had, when did you know you had your green card interview? And don't you kind of assume that after the green card interview, you'd want to be with your loved one to like somewhat celebrate that, you know? But in this situation, it made it seem like it also just happened to be the same day that she also had her plans with her like incredibly vain friends, these ones. And they all look like each other. It's so funny. But and obviously, Jovi get, coming there, they're immediately mean to Jovi and sort of weird. You know, like, they're not like, Jovi, hi! Or like, hey, Jovi, I didn't really expecting you. And they're like, Jovi? Wow. <laughs> Great. So, oh, didn't expect to see you. And, and you're, you're so abusive. And you're so, like, you're so controlling. controlling. Every time they called him controlling, I was like, drink. No, I didn't like this like whole setup at all. Like they're making it seem like he's incredibly controlling of Yara because he won't let her go to like, you know, a God bless a worn, torn Europe in the middle of the war with like her, the baby, you know, like he is not at all saying she can't go. He's just like, can you just wait so I can go with you and make sure like my family's okay. I can't just like be in the middle of a boat in the middle of nowhere and just think that my family is in a war. Just, it seems it'd be no no thing yeah they make it seem like he's irrational and it's so yeah. funny because the other the other ukrainian woman it's like every ukrainian woman that's on 90 day fiance i'm a, i'm annoyed with except for yara and it's so it's like it's natalie annoyed maria annoyed who is the person that that uh that one guy was wanting that older white David? man wanted to, yeah the one who wanted to join the ukrainian army to fight for them whoever her whoever his girl was annoying right what's her name from past seasons who's married that one man they have kids they have a kid now alma something annoying and then you have yara not annoying but then she has a friend annoying i'm sick of these annoying ukrainian women can we just keep it on yara she makes the most sense Uh, you know i think that yara's just like natural personality especially season one was so vibrant and so funny and so headstrong and so confident. It's funny because not just be, listen, the war thing is horrible and I'm so sorry. And I want her, and I know she's sad about that, but also Yara with these friends, which we saw the friends before the war started made Yara's like light dim a little bit in the sense that they take from her. They make her feel, they make her seem shallow, vain and insecure when she's not, you know, like, She's hot and she's like smart and she's not going to like let anyone talk to her and no one should be because she knows what the hell she's talking about. And like none of these girls feel like they can like hold a candle to her. Like, I don't know what happened if she just like read a bunch of like hate online because sometimes the 90 day world can be like truly hateful and like whether she just cut her down or whatever. And also, again, this war is a whole different situation i really feel so bad for her but yeah i feel like she just needs absolutely new friends and her friends are so horrible that makes me like jovi more and i'm not like trying to like jovi well yeah i agree with you i think that her friends are are like a bad becky and buki duo added to the group and we don't need them because they don't add anything interesting to it and like even his stupid like line of like, well, Yara wants fake boobs because y'all want fake boobs. And I'm like, this is uncomfortable. This is an uncomfortable line of conversation. But they're absolutely wrong. And then she's like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Don't eat him alive. And then she's like, he's like, I need your help to like get common sense into her. And that friend is like, she wants to go back to, you know, to be with her family and be with her friends and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, shut up. Uh, speaking of Eastern European, <laughs> do you want to move on to yes. Andre and Libby? Okay, yes, so do. Andre and Libby, you guys. Fine-ass Andre yeah. and cute sometimes Libby. Mm-hmm. 
oh, honey, we're at a manatee park with a grandfather. And, you know, I'm just like, so cute. Like, are they going to get like a little like manatee for Ellie to bring home? It's like, you know, like a whale, but like squishy. Manatees are so weird. Like they're weird ass animals. And like, the other thing is like, yeah, they're like hunted or like, they're also like, they're endangered. And so there's some place where I just like, when I never did this, like what that was, that dog in the back of Waz house is just like on death's door. But like, I remember I read or like saw some documentary about the manatees and you have to save them. And like, sometimes they have like scars on them from like where boats have like whatever, like sideswipe them. So, I mean, wherever you are, if there's a manatee place, go see them, go save them, go give them a dollar. I mean, you know, like Patreon manatees, (laughs) only fans for manatees. I really like love them. And this grandfather loves them. And like, yeah, the baby's enjoying it, you know, like, the grandfather doesn't even know what he's saying. Like, you know, Andre's like, would you eat that? The grandfather's like, yes. <laughs> You're just like, no, he can't eat that. He's like, what is that? It's like, it's a mammal. The father's like, yum. That means I get skill. I get scales and ribs. You know, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know. Why? <laughs> yeah. The dog was barking. So I put myself on mute. Mm. But yeah. So Ellie is eating something that, I had to remark because it is one of the delicacies that a dear friend of mine Lala loves. It is a it is a a a nineties staple. Mm-hmm. It is found in your local grocer. Mm-hmm. It is the first thing that some people learn to make as young people in order to have like sustenance i learned to make top ramen mm-hmm. but other people learn to make craft macaroni and cheese chris tell us about it do you see if you are watching this you can see that there's two main colors for our docky sweeties pink which makes sense and golden yellow orange honey the golden yellow orange that of craft macaroni and cheese oh my god like you know, macaroni in a pot, you know what I'm saying? Cardi B style. I love it so much. I love it so much that this is dumb, but you know, they told you in like when you were in grade school, like whatever, uh, preschool, like to have a password between you and your, and your parents. So if you, your parents just say you were like caught up at work and they had to like send someone to get you, this random person would come to your preschool unless they knew the magic password, wouldn't be able to pick you up because I feel like really awkward if some like stranger was like, hi, I'm here to pick up uh christina farah that's her my that's the person you know like they'd be like okay well what's your magic password and then we go to me and i told them it's macaroni and cheese because if someone knows me that's what i like and if they don't know me and they just happen to be someone who would just guess macaroni and cheese it seems like it'd be a good fit i, I love feel like you can't just say macaroni and cheese i feel like you specifically have to say craft macaroni and cheese because i'm gonna tell you right now I didn't grow up on that Kraft macaroni and cheese. I only saw it on commercials. It's it to me is like Chef Boyardee. Like it is is a thing that I know exists, like ravioli, Chef Boyardee canned ravioli, but I never had it as a child. In fact, the only time that I've ever had it, like as like when I had it as an adult, the only time that it was ever good is when Chris made it for me because Chris will have like the Trader Joe's version or she'll have the craft version and she'll add like garlic powder and other seasonings to it with a roasted broccoli. But my entire childhood, I've never, I never tasted powdered cheese. Oh God. Macaroni and cheese. It's so good. Kobe Jack cheddar grated boiled macaroni and then you like make a sauce of condensed not condensed sweetened milk but like carnation like evaporated milk butter and you stir in an egg very slowly so that it doesn't cook and then you layer on macaroni the sauce and cheese like layer on another layer of macaroni sauce and cheese And then you put it in the oven and cook it. I have only ever had up until like, I don't know what age, baked macaroni and cheese made by black folk. Then 
In fact, when I was like in college, I brought it to a Thanksgiving and everybody thought I was going to bring Kraft macaroni and cheese. All these non-Black people were like, oh, she's going to bring Kraft macaroni and cheese. And then when I brought like baked macaroni and cheese, they were like, oh, this is what you were talking about. And I'm like, what did you guys think? And they thought, oh, I thought you were going to make bring back box macaroni and cheese. And I said, wow, how trashy of you to think that that's what I was going to bring. I don't know what that is. So anyways, that's that long-winded thing to say that Ellie was eating Kraft macaroni and cheese, even the the less, you know, involved version of it at this manatee park. And I know Chris was dying on the inside. And then we have this really cute scene of Andre holding Ellie because it feels like in every scene that we have Ellie, she's either playing with Barbie dolls or she's looking for a parent to go to sleep on. And in this time, it was Andre, and he was twirling her hair. And all I can think of is this this father, this masculine male, has this two-year-old holding her, twirling her hair. She's up against his chest, and he's just talking in Romanian to his father. And I could just imagine the, the deep vibrations coming from that man's chest. And I said, she will be ruined for every other man for the rest of her life. If she can't lay mm-hmm. on a a chest and hear a baritone voice booming she's not gonna find it satisfactory and i'm happy for her yeah 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 that is so astute yeah i mean listen she will be like me and drown her sorrows in craft macaroni and cheese and then she gets to a certain age she'll try and graduate to auntie's annie's because sometimes it's more organic yeah i let's so basically then the segment should have ended because that was all the that was that was all the libby and andre we had but because we are in a cruel universe where they want to try and throw the family day Libby at us. We have a whole other scene, ready? And it's the scene that we've been trying not to have, which is <laughs> Libby's mom's 60th birthday at some restaurant where all of her annoying family, the kids that she spawned with Chuck, that all should be like in the nether regions of like a limbo hell, but all are on TV, which I guess is the same thing. Like all meet to talk and hang out or whatever. And so it's Becky, it's Buki, it's, you know, it's Charlie. But not their kids. Charlie's kids are there, but there's no Becky and Boogie's kids. And I'm like, why have they denied these first cousins their due? Chris, they are first cousins. Mm-hmm. and we don't see them playing together annoyingly to the chagrin of every other patron at this restaurant it's like i listen i can see if you're not talking to your brother but you don't hold your 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 children away from their children that is a sacred bond that should not be impeded six months without seeing their first cousins how dare you how dare you they could say, what if they thought they were going to come to the restaurant and like Charlie was going to get drunk in front of their kids, which I think is what happened at the barbecue. You really think that the Faras, <laughs> I can't believe that people have- said your name's wrong. You think that there would be a scenario in which your family members, even if they were fighting, would keep you away from the children? I Thankfully, listen, thankfully growing up, my dad and his brothers like didn't really fight much like in the sense of like no one was an outrageous drunk that like i never had any sort of situations that i felt scared in in a holiday setting you know with anyone like and i think that if had that happened maybe things would have been different but no it, it didn't you know everyone was sort of chill you know my family was just like just a bunch of kids running around like you know the the torture happened with us we would put on shows like and we made our parents watch and they're horrible shows i mean like where we <laughs> Like, you know, one time was like this, like us singing voices that care. And like, I made Monique do the Will Smith rap, you know? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, my family, they were, they were drunk and it didn't matter how scared anybody was at any given Christmas. We were together at the, we were together at the next uh, holiday. So if we were scared at Christmas, like was it aggressive drunk or happy drunk, happy, jovial, tired, aggressive drunk. drunk. There was fighting. Yeah, yeah, no. We were if we they were fighting at Christmas, we were together at New Year's. If they were fighting at New Year's, we were together by Easter. Easter. Yeah, like that that didn't happen. There was no like protecting cuz at any point, like yes, there might be fighting or drunking, but the ki- drunking, but the kids were not a part of that because in my family, the kids were in a whole separate part of the house. Oh yeah. So, yeah. I can't believe you guys uh put on shows for Thank you. 
Uncle Billy and Uncle Did Mike. You? So I need to talk. I need to talk. Wait, to you didn't do that? Wait, I you and your you and your cousins would not get together and do that? No, no. I need to talk to Uncle really? Mike about that. I have to talk to Mike Farah about these because he'll tell me. Oh audience, my God. audience, so you you might think you might be like, oh my God, Chris and Wah have known each other for eighteen years, right? That's true. But Chris, but why? And Mike Farah have known each other for seventeen. So like maybe the first year I didn't know Mike Farah. But why and Mike Farah have known each other for seventeen years? And I could fully drive to Mike Farah's home and be and Chris not be there. Chris could be out of the country, and I could drive to Mike Farah's home and be like, "Hi," and he'd be like, "My favorite." <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, "I'm gonna <laughs> deal with another one." I know. He'd be he like, "My like, favorite." What do you want to do? Let's go eat. You know, I've never done it, yeah. but I think he would. I think he would oblige me, and we would go eat somewhere, and I, then I would yeah, see Chris, pictures of me and her dad hanging out, and he would tell all me all the stories. Yeah, all he wants to do is take people out to eat. You know, like that's <laughs> all he all he wants is me to come home and be like, "We're going to this great restaurant." And he'll be like, "Yeah!" And like he, all, you know, it's so funny. It's just, Let's go. Be- so they get to this, they get to it, and they all agree that Andre is the problem, but that yeah. Charlie has problems too. And then Charlie's like, "That's great. That's all I wanted." And then no one talks about the fact that Becky and Buki completely shitted on Megan. <laughs> yeah, no yeah, one yeah. About the fact that Becky and Buki at the tell-all was like, "Oh, what do you do on the side?" Like they low-key judge their sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. For showing her feet and it giving her brother head. Because, I mean, listen, it happened. I mean, I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that to you all. That there is, and maybe maybe it's behind a specific paywall, but some 90-day fiancé fanatic went behind Megan's paywall and saw the video of her giving Charlie fellatio. And then they recorded it. And it got into my inbox. <laughs> so I've seen this woman's feet and I've seen Charlie's penis and I've seen Charlie's penis in her mouth. Chris. It's interesting that they, yeah, they never talk to Megan. It's only their kids that are there. They have like three rambunctious little like hell raising sons. It seems like, which makes sense. And I'm happy because that's I'm sure what Charlie was, you know? And yeah, Becky and Buki are just like judging and like, you know, but they flipped or whatever, you know, and they are all against Andre who they think is just going to like take Libby away from the, from them for the rest of their lives. And um, this is going to, of course, come against some other things that are going to be happening in the next episode with Andre and his green card process. And so we'll be able to, wonder or conspiracy theorize whether Libby's family member name unnamed has like tried to make it so that he'll get deported. Okay. My loves, we have one more couple left and that couple is Angela and Michael. (sighs) So we have not, so we pick up on Michael and I'm like so happy to like not have Angela, you know, it's like Michael and he is learning how to swim. It's very important. I think that's okay. Listen, I'm going to be very honest. I went over the last weekend to visit my nieces and nephews and I have like a little baby niece uh, who's so cute and she's like three and she fully swims swim swims and it's so good they have a pool you know but there's like a thing around the pool but like it's so good to know how to swim at an early age because just like other things not other things but like what weird things are important for you to do so you won't die okay drive i think you know i think that it's good to drive it's good to swim those things if you do them well you won't die in certain situations you know like you could make an argument for being a survivalist and like, well, it's important to know what twigs and berries to eat. And I guess this was like, there are certain skills of like, oh, that's a good one to have. And I, I think swimming is important. Michael is like scared shitless to swim. Like <laughs> Michael, just like put your eyes at the water, buddy. You're like standing in the water. You're in, you're not moving. You're not swimming. You're just there, Michael. Just like use the goggles and put your head <laughs> in the water. And Michael's like, oh, no, 
no, it's like too much. It's too much for him. I'm just like, that's really intense. Like his friends are watching this. They're like, shit, but like, but like this whole time they're like, why are you such a little pee pee boy? You are this, you are the peepiest boy of pee pee boys who like just wants to be with a domineering woman and you can't swim away. You can't run away from her. You can't walk away and you can't even swim away from her, honey. She can barely walk. What? Wait a minute. I just get, listen, I swimming has been such a part of my life. I didn't grow up with a pool, Chris. I did not grow Mm -hmm. up with a pool. I don't remember my first pool interaction. I do remember almost drowning once because I had super thick braids, which back then they were called dookie braids and they were long and I went underneath the water and they got so filled with like water that it weighed me down and my dad had to come rescue me after he realized that I was drowning. So my dad grew up with the fucking Caribbean ocean to his like left and right, mainly just to his left. And so he saw me drowning and like I couldn't get up and he like saved me because I was in his friend's backyard and it was just like me my dad and my brother and that's my first like true memory of being in a pool almost drowning but you should know me if I'm in a situation where my life is in danger that's gonna be the last time that situation is gonna have my life in danger I'm not gonna shy away from it and be like oh I'm scared I almost drowned that one time I'm like no, no I'm conquering that shit because I'm a I am a conqueror, right? So after that, I was always in pools. And I don't think I ever, like, I went to, like, a community pool at my junior high in the summers. I don't, re- I remember having, like, maybe swimming lessons one or two times. But once they told me how to float, I was good. But to watch a 33-year-old man just be, <laughs> put goggles on and be terrified of just, like, holding his breath underwater I'm sorry for those of you guys who have this experience where you're like deathly scared of water. And if that's the truth, like I'm not shaming you, but anybody else, what's wrong with y'all? And I know there's a whole thing that black people don't swim, but I'm here to tell you, she's a fucking mermaid. And his friends, what are they called? The, the like doobie boys. What does Angela call them? The like dumb, you dumb, the, like doughboys. The dumbbells. No. no, no, no. It's the what? Okay, let's get it together. It is the not dum dums, not doobies. It is the like something crew. She calls them. Remember from like season one? Yes, of course. Yes. And they're they're still there, hanging on, being on TV, and they call women over to watch Michael dance because that's what he does on Instagram. I mean, Angela dances on Instagram and social media, so why can't he? And it's a fair call out. And so yeah, he. There's this moment where these African women have swam over and are holding the hands. And part of me is like, is that is that the dumb, dumb boys, actual girlfriends? Like, which which are these women that are just like waiting in this community pool to like hang out with Michael? Where is this community pool? Is it actually in their community or is it somewhere that the producers have set up for them to, you know, to be at that time? But we get that little bit of of Michael and we're happy for it because we haven't seen Michael. This is episode six and we haven't seen Michael thus far besides him being yelled at by Angela. Mm-hmm. And after that, then we see Angela, who is like big ups Nigeria. I mean, the this woman is like Nigeria. Like, oh, her and renee renee says renee touched down and feels like her soul is complete and i said renee listen i'm about to call your black card bluff your soul is complete but you're coming to 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 the motherland with this white woman acting a fool i need you to choose a side i'm gonna need you to choose a side i'm gonna need you to choose a fucking side also chris much to your surprise um they weren't at the legos inn Tell us what you thought about Providence. I know. Uh, I'm like so <laughs> upset. I, I don't know why. My only thought was, do you think they didn't pick Lakos Travel in because like Michael has friends that work there now and like she, like the minute that they touched down or with course they had a reservation, she would have realized that they could have like shared the information. I also because you built up such a loyalty there. Like you don't get the presidential suite there. Like they don't treat you well. Like they should be like, you should walk in to Lakos Travel in your Angela. And there should be, I mean, like two chilled bottles of champagne. There should be like a full like fruit and cheese charcuterie situation like laid out there. Should be like rose petals, the whole situation. Like remember when Sumit and Jenny went to their honeymoon suite and there was like a swan with all the like folds, like there should be that times 20. I mean, like for what that woman has 
put on the map for like, let's travel Lynn, honey. But no, she's over it. And that's now Providence. Now she is there. They are now like figuring out what they're going to do. Looks like she, they're drinking. She's drinking what looks like a white Russian. It's like a milky beverage. Like it's like Kaluni and milk, Kalani and milk. No, it's like Kalua and milk or whatever. Like it's whatever it is. And she puts on her Miona ponytail, which I died for. So her hair is actually very blonde, very frizzy, very short. Well, on the frizzy short hair makes, I mean, not like this, but God bless. I know that's also like somewhat frizzy, but then she puts her like Miona piece in and it's like one like stick right there. And you got to have to like fluff it out. Why? Like I help, help me. <laughs> okay. First of all, <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself from episodes past when I talked about her high pony and wanting it. This woman and her friend Renee have been a drinking. You know, the folks downstairs have been making drinks. And they're so drunk. And then they're not they're like tripping over each other drunk. But they're that nice twilight of drunk where certain things seem like good ideas. Like yeah. getting getting dressed, putting on a high pony, trying to like make it blend with your own natural hair and wrapping it around in some like Princess Jasmine situation. And getting into a vehicle with said drink yeah and then calling your man on the phone and telling everybody in the car meaning the two people who were in the car with you i'm calling him girl nobody's talking okay there's no camera crew in this car it's just like mobile cams it's like cams that are like you know suction cupped to the to the you know dashboard window there is no one in the, and then the man who's driving is like i'm not talking i'm not talking and she's like shh, shh, shh. and she's like stay up motherfucker bitch <laughs> that's how you talk yeah. to your husband you crazy person that is yeah. how you talk to your husband and then she like gets gets in her car i mean gets there and then just like in some kind of it felt like cops it felt like an episode of cops when they are running in on somebody's like house who might be selling drugs or might have like a tra- might be a Loki a trap house, and they are banging on the door asking him to come out, and he she says because she is married to him that she owns half of his shit, so she mm-hmm. starts to rip stuff off of his car, and mm-hmm. she then is like upset and is like you're not gonna treat me this way, she I mean makes an absolute asshole of herself. I don't know how she got those eyelashes on. In my shoe, put it there. What would you do? What would you do if you plan to go surprise your husband? And by surprise, I mean yell at him in the middle of the night, and then he wouldn't come down. And so, what would you do? Of course, I had to like take apart his car, like like a Lego. I mean, I don't even understand her thought process. Is just she's crazy, and yeah, it's like it's that she has like talked some person into doing it with her that they have known each other for a year and their biggest bond is smoking and they they did it again this episode they smoked with each other in the airport bathroom and like cheers there's their like cigarette buds and like i am renee's like come out michael she's tearing up your car just going ahead and come out and I was so disappointed in Renee in this moment. I just wanted her to pass me her black card. I wanted her to give it to me. And I wanted her to just tell me that she was a biracial, half white, half Native American, Germish, Irish. You know, people would be like, oh, I'm I'm actually black on one side, but my mother is Irish and Native American. Like, that is what I wanted her to tell me. I wanted her to say she didn't even know her black side of the family. I wanted her to try to pretend that that wig or that like leave out was real. She was so embarrassing as a woman of color to go into the motherland and knock on this man's door and act a whole bloody asshole fool in front of everybody. And next episode, I want Michael to divorce that woman. She is abusive. She is an asshole. She is disrespectful. And I can't be on Angela Dean's side anymore. I mean, there's one, I mean, she went full Jerry Springer on this shit. Yeah. I mean, she didn't, like, listen, the truth is that she didn't have to start breaking up his car. She could have just sat on the porch and smoked a cigarette and it would have been more powerful than the antics. 
She could have pulled up a little a little plastic chair, sat down, and been like, Michael, you're going to have to come out of this house. I'm going to sit up here, drink my drink outside of your house. Michael, come out. And then we would have been like, well, Michael's an idiot for not coming out. She's knocking on the door. But they are knocking on the door in this foreign country, talking mm-hmm. about, oh, we're not going to go to jail. This We're not going to go to jail while we're here. This is jail behavior. It is, yeah, like she thinks that having her marriage license will get her out of prison and also she can just do whatever the fuck she wants because it's like her property. It's like, it's like thinking, I don't know what she thinks. It's, I, I assume that she's had run-ins with law enforcement her whole life. In 100%. Ways, you know, and so there must be some sort of like weird manipulative thought process of how to get around the police that she has talked to, you know, where it's like, if you just have this, if you just tell them that, you know, like, meanwhile, like, you know, Scotty's been in prison, but like only for like two months or what she did. So like, maybe they just have like a certain amount of like, now that I'm famous, I can do whatever I want kind of thing. And I think that she truly believes that because she has a camera crew with her that the Nigerian police won't just roll up and throw her ass in the... I think it's just like super duper white uh, white plus American privilege. That she has a camera crew with her. She's got producers who are like not egging her on but who are allowing this to happen because the truth is is that if she was really doing something truly illegal the producers would stop her. And there must be Nigerian producers too. It's not like these white producers are just like, or these American producers are just like on ground in Nigeria acting amok. There are Nigerian people, people there too, who are their like, not liaisons, but they're, um, yeah, maybe liaisons is the best word I can think of. They're who are their representatives. And so I think because it's happening on private property, I mean, I don't care to do this, I don't know, but it is very, very uncouth. It was absolutely ridiculous. And I cannot wait until the next episode where they show where he's so mad that he's like, I'm done. I'm done. And I hope that he is done Yeah, because he is, she's made a whole asshole fool of him. And the truth is, is that Michael could get cameo for the rest of, for at least the next two years. Mm-hmm. Well, he get cameo. So he doesn't need, he doesn't need Angela. He doesn't need her. He can get the social media. He can do the brand deals in Lagos. He is actively famous. Let me go find him right now and follow him. Honestly, yeah. Like, I saw that movie with Claire Danes when her and her friend just get locked up in prison, like, abroad. Oh, yeah. You know? It oh, lives in my brain, rent free. Uh, for sure. Me, too. And I wonder about, like, Broke Renee. Down Palace. Yeah. Angela and, and Renee should have watched Broke Down Palace on the way to Nigeria. I think that they would have, like, really sobered up their antics a little bit. Because I, I don't know why they would have the audacity or the caudacity. Caucasity. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so. Yeah, I think that it's it was interesting to see in the previews Michael switch because he really did feel like he was over it, present, pissed, angry, real, authentically very upset, you know? And so I I can't wait for it. That is the end of this episode, my loves, but it has been thrilling as it usually is. And let me, let me tell you, obviously we're not gonna ever talk about Ed and we know about that. So if you've come to the end and that's why we're done with it because that person is not gonna like have so much of our breath out ex- ex- um, exercised. If you want to follow us on these social medias, you're welcome to do so. Instagram is DocuSweeties, also TikTok and Twitter, DocuSweeties1. If you would like to watch our faces, including mine right now, which still has the helmets, helmet little wrinkle that I incur in my horseback riding just across my forehead you can you can look at that you can look at all of our faces and that lives on our what wa that lives on patreon.com slash docusweeties ten dollars a month you can go ahead and join okay here's i have uh, michael's instagram and he has four thousand nine hundred and ninety seven followers which is less than me so i'm not sure if this is accurate i had to request to be his friend and also it says i love my wife angela this is my official account before the 90 days season two and three 90 day fiance season seven hea so i don't know if this is real or not but it's followed by 90 day fiance kiki and kibitz and others so it might be real it might not be real who knows oh yep 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 got it you see it yep okay you know what john mcmanus 
John of the brother, the hot brother, you know, Sparkles has um, has thirty four point five thousand. Wow. Oh my god. I know it. How does Angel, how does how does Michael have less? Because he because he wasn't allowed to have Instagram that long. I don't think that he also has the same pull, you know. But it's Michael. We talk about Michael for to the end of days. I know, but still, you know, like. Oh, that's real. I'm really sad for Michael for that. Let me see if Angela Dean is. Uh, anyways, we can do this offline. But y'all, I hope you guys have a fantastic evening wherever it is that you are listening to this or whatever time you are listening to this. We truly appreciate you supporting us and our shenanigans. And we hope that you will let your friends know that you listen to DocuSweeties and that we offer so much more than just Matt Sharp Productions. We offer beauty tips. We <laughs> offer a older millennial insight. And we offer fun anecdotes about our lives as two longtime friends who discuss the riveting and sometimes trashy world of reality TV and docuseries. And if you have any suggestions of any docuseries that we should pick up and do, please let us know. And you can find us, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts. We hope you will rate us five stars. And we hope that you will share on any social media platform that you deem fit. So thank you so much. Yo, have a great day, guys. Bye. Bye.